Hey guys, welcome to Conversations, and I'm sitting across the table again looking at my beautiful wife, Lisa. Lisa, what, what's new? Well, you know what, John? Messenger Cup. It's, it's amazing. We get to actually, for the first time, host people. Instead of going to them, they come to us, and we get to spoil them the way they spoil us, and get to see nations changed, and uh, just really, to be honest with you, have tangible ways of helping people. We were able to partner with Preemptive Love and fund 39 families, as well as just see resources go out through all the world. For those of you friends that don't know what Messenger Cup is, about seven years ago, I was in my basement, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, son, everybody knows you like golf. Hold a golf tournament to help pastors and girls in sex trafficking. And so we started this at the Broadmoor Hotel, and uh, now after seven years, we That's have... It's hard to believe it's seven. We've seen 15 million resources given to pastors and leaders in, I think, 103 languages in almost 100 nations. And it's mind-blowing to me, Lisa. And I know when we were in the Middle East last year, um, we were behind closed doors with about 100 pastors from Iran, Afghanistan, and... Um, Ukraine. U- uh, but no, no, these were the, these were the persecuted nations. It okay. was Syria, Afghanistan, and Iran. That was, and you and I looked at them and said, the real heroes... Yeah. are the businessmen and businesswomen that have given millions of dollars to yeah. resource you, and they'll and, never and meet we, you we, till heaven. And we acted out how they stand on chairs, fight to be able yeah. to be partners with these people that they've never met, and, and they were, they were they, crying. They I remember were, we were in particular crying. the people from Iran crying. They were, we, yeah. yeah. It was and so um, that's happening this week, the 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st. So if you think about it, would you pray that God would just yeah. move on the people's hearts, a spirit of grace and generosity would be released so that we can continue to help these pastors and leaders all over the globe and help girls get out of sex trafficking. So, Lisa, what are we talking about? Well, we are talking about <laughs> wilderness seasons. Such wilderness. an exciting, Who exciting wants to hear topic. about the wilderness? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I think a lot of people do because a lot of people are in that season right now, John. And I would love to tell... Maybe this is... Maybe people will stop listening at this moment when I say this, but... It's not one wilderness you go through life. It is multiple wildernesses. I remember it was John the Baptist. Wildernesses, <laughs> plural. There's different preparations. So the wilderness is not God's rejection. And we just no. say that right up on front. That's the first thing that needs to be said. Yeah, it's um, it, it's God his says, preparation. God says, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And please remember this as you're listening. Jesus hadn't done one miracle, one act of ministry up to that point, yet God said he was pleased. And then, and he was led by the Spirit, not led by the devil, into the wilderness. To be and, tempted by the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what, what's the bottom line of the wilderness? I mean, bottom, what, what's God's purpose? What, what would be the bottom line for him permitting us or leading us into a dry time? Well, he's, he's leading us into a place where everything that is a distraction, everything that is a diminishing, everything that's between us and him is removed, and we completely rely on him. And I love the wilderness language. The wilderness language becomes, it is written. It isn't about what you heard before. It isn't about what you're wishing God would say to you. You have to stand on God's promise. And the wilderness is a training. It's a strength training time where you're like, it is written. I don't, I don't care if I haven't seen the faithfulness of God. I don't care if I'm not feeling the Holy Spirit bumps right now. I don't care how my emotional is feeling. It is written. It is written. Yes. And you know, it ultimately produces character in our life. And that is the ultimate purpose of God for allowing this to happen. So the wilderness is, may seem like a time, and how do you describe it? I remember when 
the first wilderness season I went through is about 18 first, months. He said first people. The first one of many. And I remember as a young Christian, I was so so used to the presence of God being so strong. And I would cry out and the Lord would instantly respond. And I remember in this first 18 months, I was like... Kind of like a breastfeeding baby. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a baby time. I was like, God, what, what are, where are you? And I kept going through, what sin have I committed? What this? And the fact was, I didn't commit any sin. Well, of course I didn't ask Jesus to forgive me, but I wasn't in willful sin. And, you know, Jesus didn't commit any sin, yet he was led in there. And I remember so clearly God just like, like the heavens being almost like brass. And I'm like, God, why aren't you talking to me anymore? But then the Lord showed me that it's like a baby. You know, when, when we had our four sons, Lisa, they'd just whimper and you'd be on top. You'd be having that baby in your arms. You'd have them breastfeeding them if they were hungry. And then as they got older, you know, they'd want, to want you know, you to button their shirt and you wouldn't do it anymore. And then all of a sudden they're struggling to button their shirt. And then you used to feed them, but now they're having to feed themselves and half of the food's all over the high chair and the floor. And they're so frustrated with you. But what are you doing as a mother, as a father? We were allowing our boys to grow up because we wouldn't want an 18-year-old that we're spoon-feeding, right? Yes. No, I, that's, a, that's a frightening thought. <laughs> so, you, know, you know, one of the points, John, I wanted to make sure we make, you know, you're, we're talking about wilderness, and we're talking like we're aware going into it that we were like, oh. I mean, we, we just were like, what is wrong? And there's maybe people actually right now that are saying, wait a minute. Maybe that's where I am right now. Maybe I just got located. Maybe I'm in a wilderness right now. Maybe I'm in a season of preparation. It seems and, like God's a million miles away, doesn't it? Yeah. One of my favorite. I remember one of our our life verses when we were going through. This is so I think our wilderness too. I bet I know where you're I, it going. It might have been wilderness too. It, I don't think. Are it was you wilderness going to one. job? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to job. I'm going to job, people. Okay. I'm sorry, my husband doesn't know how to pronounce scriptural I'm things. On it. Okay. No, it's like Malachi. Job twenty-three. Okay. That's the Italian pronunciation. I know. I'm uh, Italian. Job More Italian than you. Job twenty-three. That what, is enough. Honey? Eight, Go ahead. Eight through nine. Right. And this is this is Job's heart cry in that season. He says, Look, I go forward, but he is not there. Right. And backwards, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left side, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right, I cannot see him. That is that is the feeling of the wilderness. Like, okay, I've I've gone God right, I've gone left, found. I've gone up, yeah. down, backwards. I don't know, and I can't. Find him. But read the very next statement. Well, and I was hoping for that, but here it is right now. And it says, but he knows. But he knows. It it says, uh, he, he knows, knows the way I take. The way I take. We don't know the way he's taking. We don't know where he's taking us, but he knows the way I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. I love that. I know. In other so words, So the purified. wilderness is testing and purifying. Purifying. And preparation and hey the greater the call the, the greater, greater the preparation, preparation needed <laughs> the, you know and the we'll, more issues the, <laughs> the longer season you know that's why john and i've had multiple wilderness but but when you to go back I, i'm going forward but he's not there yeah now he's there because he said i know the he, he, he just knows says, the I way can't i take perceive him. but he said i just can't perceive him so in other words god said i'll god never, never leave right. you nor forsake you so what happens is and there's this is what a lot of people don't understand there's two types of the presence of god that the scripture talks about one is the omnipresence of god that means david says if i if i make my bed in the lowest valley you're there if i, I go to the highest hell, mountain you're there yes, yeah yes. it was Sheol. Yeah. um and he said no matter where i go you're there 
And that's the presence of God that said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But the other presence of God, which all of us love and is a very real part of the Christian experience is, or Christian life, I should say, I hate the word experience, is, um, is the manifest presence. Jesus said, I will manifest. To manifest means to bring out of the unseen into the seen, out of the unheard in, out of, into the heard, out of the unknown into the known. It's when God makes himself re- real to our actual physical senses. And that can happen during worship. That can happen during po- time of private prayer, devotion. It, you know, it could happen on a walk or whatever, you know, but that's something that not, it's not our, our constant it's it's a it's icing on the cake, but his omnipresent is the constant. It right. is the forever. Right. And so the wilderness is when that manifest presence is just as is you're looking for it and it's like, God, where are you? And so And not seeing any sign of him doing anything. I, I poor Job. I mean, like, okay, the wall just fell. Uh, my kids are all killed. I've got a wife telling me to curse God and die. I've got friends that actually sound like they're making sense when they're not. I mean, it was just a nightmare for him. Everybody trying to figure out the problem that he doesn't even have an awareness of. And and Job is just like, hey, you know what? I, I, I'm looking and I'm not seeing him. You know, but then God is actually moving on his behalf, shows up in the whirlwind, crazy amazing. Yeah. So when the season's done, it's done. Jesus yeah. went into the wilderness, filled, filled with the Holy with the Spirit, Spirit and came out. In the power of the Holy Spirit. The, po- the power thereof. Yeah, and the power thereof. Yes, I love that. And so So you come out you different Job, than you went in, hopefully, or you have to stay in longer. Yeah. People think about that. You Who keep wants going to stay around longer? and around and around like the children of Israel. And so the children of Israel extended their wilderness, but God led them in there because it says very clearly mm-hmm. that God did not want to lead them by the nations because the war might frighten them back to Egypt. So he led them into the wilderness. And so it's quite interesting what he says. And I'm going to run over to Deuteronomy 8.2, baby. Okay. Um, and while I'm doing that, maybe you could sing for us and, and it's entertain It's not going to happen. I'm, but, I'm doing sign language right now. But <laughs> uh, Deuteronomy 8.2 says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. So it didn't seem like they were being led. Now, there was a reason. He led them, he said, to humble and to test you, to know what was in your heart. Now, God already knew what was in their heart, but he wanted them to see what was in their heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds, not proceeded in the past, but proceeds present out of the mouth of God. So the way he humbled them is by allowing them to hunger. Now he fed them with manna. They never went to bed. They never went to bed hungry. They always had manna. They, They had clothes. But I want you to understand, everybody, what he means by he allowed them to hunger. Can you imagine wearing the same shirt for 40 years? Can you imagine eating the same food for breakfast for 40 years? I mean, I remember I took a bunch of kids, Lisa, on a missions trip, and we had chicken in Trinidad every day for 10 days. And one of our 14-year-olds, remember when John came back and his mom met him at the airport and they hugged and he said, Mom, what's for dinner? She went chicken and he about screamed and said, please take me to McDonald's. Well, that's after 10 days. Can you imagine eating the same food for 30 years? Mm -hmm. So what happens is God gives you what you need not what you necessarily want. In the wilderness. In the wilderness. wilderness. But if you look at what James said, look at the intention of the Lord. After Job went through that testing, he got double blessed. 
He had twice as many sheep, twice as many camels. And he still had a good single wife and uh, uh, everything else. So anyway. Yeah, I kind of have mixed feelings about Job's wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's, it's so important that you understand what you're going through because, look, if you don't understand the time that you're in, you'll behave incorrectly. Like, in other words, Colorado, it has gotten to minus 20 around here, okay? And I'm looking at one of our team members that's sitting next to me, and he it's his first year here, and he hasn't experienced this, and he is from the south, from warm weather. But anyway... He's from um, Kansas. He totally knows what cold is. Okay. okay. I'm cl- we're close. But anyway, can you imagine in minus 20 going outside with your shorts on and a short and a short sleeve t-shirt and no jacket. I mean, that's the clothing for the like season of summer. I feel like that's what my boys do. Yeah, so, they actually do, yeah, don't the, they? The when it's boys, I'm just happy when they put a shirt on when it's minus 20. But yes. But 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 in the summertime, can you imagine if we put a parka on and went outside? So we're behaving incorrectly in a wrong season. So if you look at 1 Chronicles 12:32, it says the sons of Issachar All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. So another version says they knew what Israel ought to do because they understood the times. So when you understand the wilderness time, you behave in a manner that's correctly, that's appropriate for that season. And that's what we're going to talk about in these next upcoming podcasts. Yeah, I love love that imagery. And I love that they had to always be ready to go. You know, in the wilderness, you got to think about we're passing through. This is not our destination. We are not building houses here. We are passing through. So, you know, if you're in a wilderness, you don't sit down and start crying. It's not your destination. You you don't dig a foundation and say, I'm going to build here. You've got to be ready when that cloud moves. You've got to be ready to go. And you're just passing through. So you know you can't shorten good the wilderness. News for you you yep. can't shorten the wilderness experience, but you but sure can extend you can it. it. Yep. yep. And and here's the thing. You you can learn all the lessons or you can learn part of them. And then if you don't do all of them the first time, you get that wonderful retest, which I have found to always be a little bit more difficult than going <laughs> through it the first time. You know, one of the things, and I know we're gonna probably cover this, but you know, not only not only having a mindset of what I'm going through, but the why. So preparation, preparation. If you're going through a dry time, it's not rejection of God. It's not God saying he's taking his hand off of you. He's actually asking you to draw near. He's asking you to understand that you're being, you're being refined for your next season. So if you're in the wilderness, we understand. It's not the end of the story. And, you know, if this is speaking to you, I bet you might have some friends that you're like, wait, they're in the wilderness too. Well, you're probably not alone. So we would just ask you, hey, share and subscribe on iTunes. We love it when you give us feedback. We want to hear what you'd like to hear more teaching on. Since John and I are older and we've had a lot of wildernesses, we can talk about things like this. Thank you for joining us for Conversations with John and Lisa. It's been great. Thanks for listening to Conversations with John and Lisa. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review and be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time.